I wonder what comes to mind when we think of the phrase a word of art. Is it Beethoven's Fifth? Is it Starry Night by Vincent van Gogh? Or is it even David, the sculpture by Michelangelo? Seriously, do you notice a pattern here? Historically, we're captured by art that uh, suits our visual or our auditory senses. But a Christian neuroscientist who I'll call Dr. Aaron finds this odd, um, given the amazing complex evolution of the olfactory system. He asks why in church, especially in our evangelical traditions, we're suspicious of the sense of smell or taste in worship. We trust hearing, we sometimes trust the visual side, we listen to music, we listen to a sermon, to a testimony, a Bible reading, rather than what worship tastes like, or smells like, or feels like. Yet in the beginning God took dust and created life and gifted us with five sacred pathways, not two, through which to approach God with our whole selves. You see, we're embodied selves, gifted with these senses through which to know and live for God. And what a marvellous system the olfactory system is. I've been reading a bit about it. Lining the tiny bones inside our nose are millions of sensory neurons which detect odour chemicals in the air. Through a mucus layer, it says, onto little hairs, uh, hairs called cilia, via proteins into the sensory neurons, an odour chemical is transmitted as an electrical signal to the brain a bit like a TV channel signal. And in this marvellous design, humans can discriminate, get this, a trillion different odorants. It's disappointing, says our Christian neuroscientist friend, that the Bible's so meagre in pointing us to the smell sense. And yet, he points out, God does have a sense of smell. There is a divine smell sense. For as God watches over us and hears our cries, there's a... Um, uh, he, he smells our offerings. In Genesis 8, after the flood, Noah offers up a burnt offering. And it says, The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground. So God's clearly moved to mercy by the smell of our sincere, simple offerings. It's no wonder then, in a way, that smell became part of the Old Testament um, Jewish purity law. For the ancient Jews, smell is a key part of worship, evoking God's holiness, his love and his redemption. We've read this morning already in Exodus 30 about the special incense blend exclusive to temple worship and anyone replicating it will be excommunicated. Do not make any incense with this formula for yourselves. Consider it holy to the Lord. Verse 37. Whoever makes incense like it to enjoy its fragrance must be cut off from their people. So friends, smell is holy. We may not use incense in our worship, but good smells are part of the good news. Many mornings I've arrived at Regent Hall over these past four years and felt God's presence. Why? because of the smell of ground coffee and warm croissants in the cafe. And you'll all have your own experiences when that smell pathway becomes holy, sacred ground for you. It might be a memory, a sweet memory, or an experience you have now around you 
where that sense of smell becomes holy ground, a place, a thin place between heaven and earth. And we could only imagine what the loss of smell might be feeling like for those of um, our friends who've lost that sense during the coronavirus pandemic or through other illnesses. In ancient Jewish law, holy smells like incense contrast very much in their belief with unholy smells which are always connected to death, decay and disease. And these smells, the ancient religious belief, have the demonic power to contaminate you spiritually, to make you spiritually unclean. Which is why, fascinatingly, in John 11, Martha warns Jesus not to roll away the stone covering her dead brother's tomb. Lord, he's been there dead for four days. The smell's gonna be awful. You see, in Martha's first entry imagination, Jesus is taking a huge risk uncovering a decaying corpse in case because of that they all get spiritually infected and become unclean. Turns out though that there's some science behind our aversion to bad smells. It's been discovered that odours released during decay are universally repulsive to every human being and within the olfactory system every single human being ever born has particular olfactory neurons to detect, be disgusted and be repelled. Why? Those neurons are a set of neurons to warn us to avoid infection. Before the pandemic, when buses were far more crowded than they are these days, I got on a bus on my own one morning and realised I sat close to a man who'd clearly fallen on hard times and on top of that, had a deep and festering wound on his leg. People's olfactory neurons kicked in at that point. They literally couldn't cope. You could see the shock on their faces and one by one they quickly left their seats, went to find one upstairs. I really wanted to go as well. I really did. I felt physically sick. I just couldn't leave him isolated and I managed to stay. I'm in awe of people like nurses and our own Ali who I've seen just get on helping cleanse nasty infections, nasty skin, um, with smells that smell a room out, that need fumigating. The danger of spiritualising bad smells, like the biblical community, is very real for us, a present danger. We can so easily screen out the source of that bad smell, the person themselves when we're called to be Christ in the presence of that bad smell. So a decision needs to be made around our own theology of welcome so that no one gets excluded from the Christ community and that's that we will help make bad smells come good. And that is our theology of welcome. The challenge is to worship with all our senses including this sometimes mysterious, mystical, intimate sense of smell. Intimate because in the smelling, the, sm the thing we smell has a mystical way of almost becoming part of us. And mysterious because incredibly, the Old Testament word for spirit, ruach, shares the same root verb to smell. I did not know that till recently.
So let us be mindful of the sacred pathway of smell and let it train us into loving attention to the smells that tell the story of our faith. As Paul says in Ephesians 5, may we be the sweet smell of Christ for others. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly beloved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Let us not only worship with our eyes and our ears, but be fully alive to the smell of the aroma of God in us and through us. Amen. Amen.